0: All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Bonus podcast. This bonus podcast is going to be called uh, A White Guy and a Black Guy Solve All Racism Problems. So uh, that would be me with Barrett. Barrett, do you want to be the white guy or the black guy? Oh, I don't know. Let's flip a coin. All right. Uh, Alexa, flip a coin. (laughs) That's Tails, but we forgot to call aside.
1: Why don't we? No. Why don't we just switch halfway through? Oh, that, there you go. I mean, All cause right. basically, I'm a black guy who was who went to v- uh, white prep schools ninety percent <laughs> of my life, and you're a white a guy white who grew guy up that, in a black neighborhood. In the ghetto, and yeah,
0: right. So <laughs> not for long, but enough to get a flavor <laughs> for it. Yeah. I mean,
1: so just from a stereotype standpoint, it's just funny. Yeah. I never even thought of it that way, but it is true.
0: I remember reading Howard Stern's first book, and he talked about them. Like, hey, I have something like it. I don't know. It was a sense of I liked Howard Stern. I thought he was, and then I, then you find out you have something in common. You're like, well, that's just cool. The difference is, I got out. Uh, my family eventually left because my dad got fired, not because we were like, ah, oh, let's escape the Negroes. It was dad got <laughs> fired, so we had to move again. Yeah. and uh <laughs> howard Stirring got stuck and he was like he made it to high school and get it his the shit kicked out of when i talked to a couple friends that remained and they're like oh yeah we'd go to high school and get mugged and you know it was just crime and that wasn't even yeah. the black part of it. it was just that was just that area yeah it's so. just
1: it's what happens when you put a bunch of people who don't have a lot of money together they tend to do really you know things to each other
0: Yes. Well, let's quick, before we uh, jump in on solving racism, as we are wont to do, uh, you are Barrett Antar Goodwin, musician based in New York City. You currently play with and are a founding member of, are you the music, musical director of, uh, the Katie Henry Ka- Sorry, Katie Henry Band. I try to say Henry and band at the same time is what happened. The Katie Henry Band. Um, yes. I get to see you for the first time in like 10 years next week because you guys, uh, your album is up for an award, Best Blues Album, and you're going to be three hours from me, so I'm going to hop in my car and uh, come visit you. What album is up for Best Blues Album? What's it called?
1: Uh, It's called High Road, Katie Henry, High Road. Uh, You can check it out on Spotify. You can go to Katie Henry Music and hear all of that stuff. And yeah, it's really fun. We're going to go out to the award show. We get to play a few songs. So it's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to
0: it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you. We're going to hug yeah, and kiss and, kiss and hug. Um oh, this has nothing to do with anything. Um can we get a, can we get a cake made? Well, I don't see why not. It, <laughs> I mean, it depends on we can't use the Colorado baker cuz he's anti-gay, but um I'm working on a joke, and I'm not going to bounce it off you. It was just you made me think of it when I said it's going to be fun. All we're going to do is get lunch and talk. I mean, like that. And I was thinking about, I don't think I told you this, um, but they built a school over the summer, um, two blocks from my house, roughly, five-minute walk. And when they announced they were building the school, I got so happy. I'm like... Holy crap. I I get to, instead of getting in a car and driving my kids to school and fighting with the traffic and fighting with the other parents, I get to walk out the door with my kids and walk them to school. This will be so easy. And as I had that thought, I actively thought, I hope they never, like, I hope time travel never becomes real. Because if it does... I could never go talk to myself. I could never go like, hey, go buy stock in Apple, because then he'd say like, oh, cool. So we're rich. And he's like, yeah. Hey, what do we do these days? Oh, well, we're a dad, you know, and we're excited that school is open. The, the 20-year-old me would punch adult me right square in the dick for being excited <laughs> over a school opening. And then he would, you know, do everything he could to avoid this future. And I would not end up, because this is a very boring life, but I like it. And if you'd asked young me if I would like a boring life, he'd punch me in the dick, you know?
1: Do you think that if, like, what did you want at 20? What life right now would 20 year old you be like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm glad we did this?
0: Honestly, probably 90% of what I'm doing, I just never saw the wife and kids aspect. And what I would have wanted at twenty is what I still want now. I would love this fucking comedy thing to get easier. I would love to be booked on merit. I would love to go to a place, get huge laughter and applause, and then not have to like remind them who I am when I am returning next right. year. Yeah. Like I I'm I got booked at a place this year. I'll be not this year in 2020. I got booked for next year already. It's my first time there. I don't want to give too much away because I'm. I don't want to insult, um, but basically, how do I put this? I, I, oh, here's, here, okay, here's a way of doing it, um, because I have six CDs out, so I can be very vague, um, I recorded a CD there once, and I sent it to him, and you'd think, like, wow, listen to all this laughter and applause, and he's promoting my club, and he recorded a CD here, I haven't been there in, I don't know how many years like you'd think it would be easier to return when you did so well that you made a record of it where you're like, hey, this is on record. How much your audience (laughs) has liked me? Right. Right. Speaking of that, you also have a studio and you produced my last record. And you have my new one, and you're going to futz with that. When, is that, when, yes. when are you going to do that? Have you had a chance to check out any of it?
1: <clears throat> I did, I, and I checked out some of the stuff you did. I have, mostly I've been on the road, so I'm listening to it through headphones. And right. so, yes, I do have a couple of things. But let's set a, can we talk about that Sunday afternoon? Absolutely. Okay, let's set a time, and we'll just sit and we'll hash through all that stuff.
0: You got it. All right, let's solve racism now. That's what let's we set it. out to do um do you happen to listen to joe rogan sometimes
1: i mean i listen to him just i wouldn't say religiously
0: same i when he has a great guest i love him and when he like all right we're going to talk about area 51 i kind of tune out it's not my thing (laughs) he had penn gillette on recently did you happen to hear that no Absolutely worth it, worth it. Fascinating. Penn Jillette said so many, I thought, insightful things, or not even insightful, but he said he verbalized thoughts I have had, and especially something you and I have talked about. He said something that you and I have talked about in a way that I have not talked about it or that we just talked about recently. He talked about Trump supporters and uh, basically different people, uh, like the other side of the political aisle. And what he does now when he talks about those people is he tries to be inclusive. He said, when I talk about them, I try not to be insulting and say they're stupid. I try and say, or maybe he even said, now I say, those of us who think differently about this issue, where he puts teammates first, those of us, we are all on this planet together, we are all humans, we are all interested in life and in love and making a couple bucks and being left alone, and there are those of us that think this way on one issue and those of us... But he doesn't say, and then there's these assholes that are fucking stupid. And I found that so refreshing and rewarding because I have been feeling that more and more. And I think I talked about it with you. I know I talked about it with Jake, where I firmly believe the squad, AOC and Ilan Omar and the other two, and Donald Trump deserve one another. And whether or not I agree with either side... The way they approach everything with, I'm going to send a tweet, now I'm going to send a tweet, now I'm going to clap back, now I'm going to, I think they're made for one another. D- just regardless of who you agree with, this, this bickering and the, and the back and forth and the, oh yeah, I will one-up you, it doesn't interest me anymore. I like the idea of inclusive, those of us who think differently, and how can we have a dialogue, and how can we, is there any way to find a middle ground? I don't know if there is. But isn't that better than just degrading and bickering and fighting?
1: I mean, it's funny that that you say that because <clears throat> there's a, a, I mean, it's Facebook, so whatever, what are you going to do?
0: But there's uh, some- get kicked off as I always <clears throat> do.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. But there is a, um, there's some blues awards, some other ones that we we're up for, and we didn't win, um, but- there was a whole argument on the thread about how there were not enough, I believe, women of color represented. And <clears throat> the pushback was extreme. But... Explain was... extreme. Without going into detail, right? Like, I, you know me, I was going to comment on it, but I can't because politically... I, it's not even that I can't take a side it's that I don't have enough details about the specifics to be anything other than grossly general do you know what I mean? but the woman who made the, the statement I guess she was really offended because she knew the guy who put on the award show and she was kind of offended that he could be this way so forth and so on Somebody else commented that it was basically a load of bullshit and that, like, how could she come after him like this and a lot of other stuff, right? And it basically went back and forth with a bunch of people weighing in, you know, like a lot of people obviously being supportive, like, oh my God, there's not enough women of color represented in the blues, right? But the thing is that one of the other guy's points was that, hey, listen these nominations are, you can nominate yourself. You know what I mean? Like nobody stopped you from nominating yourself. Nobody stopped you from looking into what it takes to be a part of it. Just because you didn't do that, that's not racism. So, you know what I mean? Like, whatever.
0: Yeah, can I interrupt you for one second? uh Uh-huh. It makes me think of, I don't know if you've heard of this at all, but I know it's happened at least... For the last two, maybe three years, where on The Voice or American Idol, um, they they get a series of contestants, and it is very diverse. And then when the call-in voting happens, someone uh, of color gets eliminated, and then the cries of racism come out. Oh, that was clearly a better singer. That's racist. And it's like, or maybe... The black demographic is not watching the show and white people are watching and they're just drawn to something, or maybe maybe that they, it's just not as good a singer as you think. Like maybe it's not institutional racism, maybe it's just the way it plays out. Why do you have right. to throw that into everything? No.
1: And that was, I think, basically that was kind of the guy's one of the guys' points, right? And as a person on the outside I can say that we got nominated. We didn't nominate ourselves. Somebody nominated us. We didn't even know how it happened. You know what I mean? So we had no clue that there was that, that if we wanted to be part of it, we could have nominated ourselves. Do you know what I mean? So I I'm not going to say that the people who didn't know that are at fault because we didn't, you know, like we didn't know either, right? So whatever, right? But here's what I think a more interesting way to respond to that would have been Wow, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. I know that throughout history, there has been a large policy of excluding black people, particularly black women, from many things throughout, you know, artistic, whatever, musical history, entertainment, whatever you call it, right? And I really sympathize with you as much as I can about what that must feel like. In this particular case, though, this is—you could have nominated yourself for this, and so it was really done by people who just nominated people and voted for what they liked. And unfortunately, you were not aware of that. And I understand. Unfortunately, that.
0: nobody liked you.
1: Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, but <laughs> but and, and and but there's just a nicer way to say that, right? Unfortunately, like that's not how this worked out. Whatever. Whatever. But you know, what we can do is make a better push next year to let people know what it takes to be a part of this. And that's it. He could have showed some compassion, said, hey, but that's not the case here. But instead, and this is my issue, right? I do believe that oftentimes there are things that to black people, because of our history and because of the way that most of us have just experienced it so many times in a way that just you just don't understand that like it's just your default mode over time. Do you know what I mean? Because so much of my childhood and high school and college years, just so much of it, full of it, just and it's not racism in the sense of what what we think of as racism. And this is, I think, the real problem. When white people say racism, what they mean is KKK, pitchforks, fucking crosses burning. You know, they mean, like, shit like that. They don't mean just the fact that basically white people are, like, 8% of the planet and are the default human. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's you're, you're the default human, like any evolutionary graph that shows beginning to end. It's like a white dude in a business suit holding a briefcase as being it. Right. Like throughout your, you know what I mean? It's like that kind of, it's like, you know,
0: let's take black women out of it. Let's go to Asia. This was in the news recently and it's been going on for a while. Um, with K-pop and the bands there, um they, they, they they get surgery on their eyes so they are rounder and they lighten their skin. I mean that's yeah these st- Quote, standard of beauty. And I do want to say something quick. Uh, When you said go back to uh, white people don't understand or however you phrased it, just because of the way my brain works, and I apologize, uh, the first thing I think of is The Simpsons. And when Lisa's sad and says to Homer, you don't understand, he goes, Lisa, just because I don't care doesn't mean I don't understand. (laughs) And I think that's probably the the white response for the most part. And uh, as a white person, I stand by that. Yeah, there you go. I speak for the white race. I, I speak am, for the white race. Just because we don't care doesn't mean we don't understand.
1: I'm a member of the white race and we endorse this response. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean but I think largely what it is is it's not it's not racism. It's just it's like everyday bullshit that is race related. Do you know what I mean? It's not even like, like, I don't believe that most of the people I know are racist. I just believe that people do things because we have a system that has been built around and designed for white people. And that's just what it is. We can talk about all the stuff that was made and changed throughout the years to to allow and accommodate other people to be part of that system. And that stuff is all true, right? But the system wasn't designed for black people. It wasn't designed with any thought in mind of how black people's comfort fared. Do you know what I mean?
0: I do. And let's delve into that very quickly. So sorry, I'm closing a blind. and I just realized that probably picked up pretty loud on the microphone. Um, Let's call America an experiment, which people have done before me and they will do after me. That means it's a work in progress, which means Absolutely. you can either be angry and unhappy that it's not where you want it to be right now, or you can keep working toward a future or a goal that you want it to be. And then when you examine the world around us, I think you and I have talked about this probably, I don't know if on a podcast or not, on air or not, but America did not invent racism. You, I'll, I'll just go right back to Asia. You go to Asia and i'm not speaking for the now but you look at the history uh of wars man fucking japan and china hated fucking one another korea and i mean they all uh, just racist against uh, we're superior than you and uh africa part of the slave trade was Ooh, i have a chance as the kingdom of this tribe to eliminate this tribe by selling them to whitey i mean it's there there it's it's so America, actually, as much as people want to call it backwards, you say it was not built for black people. I hear you on that. It was not built for anybody but white people. But that's changing. I don't understand the anger and the frustration. It's not where I want it to be now, goddammit. Like, that to me is kind of childish. And I, and I get the frustration of having to live with it every day or I, I try and empathize. I just think there's a better way of going through than being—because po- I know people that are just reactionary, and it's, like, tiring. Yes. One, 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 one guy I know uh, t- t- put on Facebook right after the election, well, I guess all white people are suspect. Until I learn different, they're all on notice. I'm like, well, that's going to help. Good call. You know, that that really helps your cause. Because I'm thinking of uh, Cornell West, who says very flatly, racism is real, white systematic oppression of black people is real, but white people are our ally. We have to recognize that and work with the white people that are going to work with us. I'm like, as a white person, I'm like, thank you, Brother West, because I don't want to be yelled at constantly just for existing. And I know that's a cheap white victimization thing because we're all victims now. So I get to be a victim too. Everyone's a victim. I'm going to be a victim.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think that this is. I mean, I there's a lot to say about what you said, but sure. I mean, but partially what you just said is, I think this is the thing: is that for white men, this is new. This is new for you. This you know is true. Mean? Yeah. But this has been literally from the moment I was conscious, like the moment I have memories. I have been living the way white, the way you feel now is literally the way it is where like when you walk in a room you have to think about what you say and can you do this and can you do this and is this person going to react this way and you can't like all that anxiety that you feel the reason why it feels so crazy to you is because you've lived you know damn near 50 years of your life and no fucking experience with it but for women and people of color literally we were raised through this feeling so to us we Kind of have no sympathy for you, like you know what I'm I saying, hear that. like zero, because it's literally our whole lives. Do you know what I mean? It, like we know nothing other than that, and for you guys, you're complaining about something that to us just sounds funny. That you think that you know what I mean. So that I'll say that about that, right? But here's what I will say: I do think that when it comes to When it comes to white people being tired of hearing it.
0: oh, I just had a thought. Let me hold on to it because so I don't mm-hmm. forget. But so, or do you want me to, well, you, you gather your thoughts because you were pausing. I don't want to interrupt you, but
1: yeah,
0: which, which um, way do you want to go?
1: Um, let me hear your thought.
0: Okay, I'm spitballing here, and I'm trying not to be, I don't even know what I'm trying not to be. Do you think, as you said, living your life the way you did shouldn't that make you more empathetic and more like, hey, welcome to what we've been living with our whole lives. Now let's work through it together, as opposed to the woke left, which I'm hearing, which is, yeah, you suffer, fucker. And I'm like, "I, I don't feel like I'm suffering. I'm just saying, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I tune it out. I don't really have much anxiety because I'm old enough to where I just don't care anymore. And I'm not sure apathy is a good approach to equality, where if you're gonna yell at me, I'm gonna tune it out. I wanted to be your ally, but you yelled at me. So it's like, all right, do you not think that having grown up in that system would I'm not I don't I'm sure there are honkies out there looking for sympathy, but don't you think an empathetic approach to change is better than a, an indifferent one on both sides, because your indifference to the confusion of the new way of looking at things creates indifference on the other side. And then it goes back to how this started. Shouldn't it be our team, those of us, you know, who think this way and those of us that, and we'd have a dialogue, like you and I are having a dialogue, as opposed to, huh, welcome to my world fucker. Okay, well, I don't like your world, so fuck you. And then we have camps again. Then we have indifference, breeding indifference, breeding indifference.
1: I mean, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think part of the problem is that All right. Here's what I think. I think that when it comes down to it, when white people are given the choice of between being free and being white, they often choose white. Explain. I
0: find that interesting, but I'm not sure exactly what you mean.
1: What I mean is that, like your liberation is tied directly to let's make it male feel well it doesn't matter your liberation as a white male is directly tied to my liberation right there's no way because of the way that our histories are entwined in this country there is no way that white people can be free while black people remain enslaved. As long as, because we're so intertwined, like the way it's been, it's designed and the way it is, it's an ecosystem, right? Like there's an ecosystem here, and we can get mad at the immigrants for messing up our delicately worked out ecosystem, right? But we have one, and we've somehow... I don't know how else to say it other than when it comes down to it, what white, what the problem that white people have that, as I see it, as a black person from the outside, speaking in broad generalizations, right? Just put that out there for all of <laughs> sugarcoating right? so
0: that we don't all get I hurt mean, and cry like no, the white because, fragile well, snowflakes we honkies well, is. But,
1: but that's, but it's not that. It's not even cry about it. It's not even. It's that I feel like part of it is that I heard. I saw a meme today and it said here's a toast to all of us that grew up on Mel Brooks movies and so we're not offended. We're not easily offended. And I thought that was hilarious because I'm <laughs> That's like, fantastic. right. I was like, yeah, dude, like, right. Like, I, these things don't actually offend me. I find them ridiculous and stupid and asinine and all kinds of things, but they're not offensive. They're just dumb, you know? But here's what I think, right? White people have an inability to see themselves objectively because you created a system in which white is always right no matter what it's always right there's a there's the there's there's the right way and the wrong way and the right way is always whatever white people decide right that's what it always is in this country it's always been that way and and so you have a system in which you have an inability to see yourselves as anything other than perfect right and so when bad things happen you guys don't actually see them because you have an inability to see yourselves as being anything other than perfect. So you've got school shooters, you've got these people running around, you've got all these crazy lunatics doing all this stuff, and everybody keeps going, oh, well, that's just a troubled child, individual. It's like, no, there's a problem that is creating children that are running around and grabbing their daddy's guns and going to a high school and shooting all of their buddies. That's a problem. But you guys can't see, and I say that loosely, you guys, right? I was going to say, because I,
0: I agree with you. Um, I was going to go off something. I Again, we just keep returning to Facebook because it's so pervasive. Someone posted, um, and this, is, this has been nothing new for at least two or three years now, um, a study by the FBI or Department of Homeland Security, someone that said white males or white supremacy is a bigger threat than Islam or Islamic terrorists in America. And most often people agree with that. But every so often I'll see someone post that and someone will take a counterpoint and argue against it. I'm like, have you not been paying attention? Have you not seen the the repeated school shooters and the the lone the always lone gunmen they have something in common and they look more like me than they look like you Barrett right. like and and,
1: and and yet people can't see that there's the FBI did a thing like in 08 or 09 about how white supremacists are one of the biggest threats because they're infiltrating the armed forces and the police forces all across the nation systematically, like they're literally planting people in to become high-ranking people and promote their buddies. And they talked about this. And then you have shootings and everybody goes, that's not racism. Those things aren't connected. And I'm not saying they are connected, but I think it's odd. Because, you know, I have a lot to say about Because I, I don't think... I, I don't know whether black people are being shot disproportionately or not. I think the the police culture is a problem.
0: Well, here, let me... Let me go sideways with that. Let me go sideways. Is I remember um, not that specific study about infiltrate. I remember hearing that, infiltrating the military. But I do remember another uh, thing that said white supremacy in eight or nine is very scary and very important. And I don't remember the specifics, but I know Obama didn't drop the ball on it so much as he said well the optics optics are if I as a black man could become president and the first thing I do is say hey go after the white supremacists that's gonna be bad optics that yeah. will I mean and he so he
1: gone over it covertly Good Lord. yeah but yeah, I, I, I just
0: not to blame Obama but he was actively handed a report and did not yeah go after it because he understood what it would look like for a black man to say "Ooh, we uh, white supremacy is bad let's eliminate it it would have blown up in his face and instead yeah, of I mean, it it, yeah. it blew up now as as it built strength and now it is a runaway train
1: but right it's a runaway train and yet you have a whole host of white people who will tell you that it doesn't exist that it's nonsense and that is completely absurd and they really believe it and they're not necessarily racist people that's what I mean. Like, Well,
0: I think they're just it, dumb people. I mean, there are yeah, dumb people everywhere. I think they're just yeah, dumb and in denial and, or
1: and straightforward ignorance. I don't think that this is a racial thing. I think that the biggest problem from how you can go... Uh, I heard this in a lecture once, the guy said, from passionate love to acrimonious divorce in just 10 years, right? Is uh, And he talked about how things just escalate, right? How you go from you you yell when you could have talked and you hit when you could have yelled and you kill when you could have hit you know what i mean and it's like and and he he took it to the extreme and then obviously i know it's what a really
0: great way of arguing I mean, for pro-domestic violence that's right. the way i take I know it. i know it's <laughs> absurd. but but and then i he mean said, i get his point but it really but, does it's, it's right, a I know, great way of I know. your honor and, and, i really and, wanted to kill her i i had the gun but then i decided to just you know yeah, one, the, right
1: there, right the, exactly. And he took uh, it back and he said sometimes it's even just tone. And I think he realized the ridiculousness of what he said, right? But he told sometimes it's just a tone, like you could respond nicely or just neutrally, but instead you respond with attitude. And he said what it is, is that we as human beings have a real inability to see ourselves objectively. We have a very, very keen 2020 vision on looking at everybody else's kind of foibles and missteps and mistakes and everything else but we have a real inability to see ourselves as that right so which is why you can have a country that comes here it it, it basically it's why you can go from having a religion that is born out of love and compassion and then in a few hundred years those people are murdering the children of heretics
0: do you know what I mean even after that so you have the first and then you have what I was going to do is sing. You can go from a religion that's built on uh, compassion and love, and then uh, a little while later, you have the Inquisition. Here right. it comes the Inquisition. Exactly. I'm bringing Mel Brooks, Brooks back into it.
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly. But that's really it, right? And I think that what it comes down to is this. I I I've been checking out some of these Black conservatives. You know, and they're fascinating because they raise some valid points. I think they're full of shit because I don't see them actually out in the black community talking to black people. I see them talking to white people, making them feel better about their bad feelings about black people. Do you what? know? What I mean? Are
0: you saying that Isaiah Washington, who just said he walked away from the Democratic Party after meeting with Trump, is a... Uh <laughs> what are you saying about Isaiah Washington, who just walked away from the Democratic Party because Trump is I, the way and the light?
1: I didn't know he said that, but that's fascinating. This well, is just a day
0: or two old, and I'm, I, mean, I, I, yeah. I love how it's uh, Isaiah Washington, former Grey's Anatomy stars. Like, yeah, ten years ago when he you know got fired for homophobic slurs, like th- that's mean, his claim I mean, to fame as getting fired ten years ago.
1: I mean, which uh, what it means to me, and and again, I. Uh, If you're if you're looking for black people to represent your cause, I mean, I guess, though, listen, if part of your cause is homophobia, then he is the guy. Do you know what
0: I mean? Right. Trump Trump has gone after the uh, gay community fairly.
1: So, I mean, you know, I, I think it actually makes sense. But here's what I think. I think I watch these black conservatives and I find what they say to be ridiculous. But some of it makes a lot of sense. Because at the end of the day, because we live in a binary system, we always have to, we have to choose either or, right? But I don't think, I think if we expand that to not only but also, what we can say is this. There are things such as institutional racism and systemic racism and sexism and things like that that are woven right into the fabric of this country. And there's an ethic of white supremacy in kind of everything, and that's just how it has been. That's not racism, it's just white people are 80% of the country, so they make things designed for them, and that's just how it is. And also, right, and and also, black people could, you know, work harder and stop doing really shitty things to each other.
0: I think that's what I got from... Cornell West, that's what I get when I listen to right. him speak. That's what he he is he does not back off on talking about racism and uh, white supremacy. He does not back down. And then also when Claire, he, his, his book Race Matters was from the 90s, so it's an old reference, but he talks about how the black community got very quiet when Clarence Thomas was nominated for the Supreme Court. He said this black community should have been up in arms saying, this is not the man. But they said, oh, well, this is our shot at power. And they they got quiet. It's funny. um, (laughs) That's a serious reference. I'm going to go to, um, you and I have talked about this before. I know we have, and we probably have it on record. Um, Adam Carolla talking about DJ Khaled. And he's like, if the black community, he said, I would respect the black community more if when DJ Khaled comes out, they say you're a phony, you're not talented, because all he does is grab his dick and point at the ceiling and go DJ Khaled. But instead, they're like, no man, he's a. G-. If you would just be as honest with your own community as white people are, because white people turn on white people all the fucking time. But the black community seems a little I more tight knit.
1: Yeah, white people turn on black on white people. White people turn on white people for doing white shit, but when white people do fake ass black shit, white people love it. They love it. <laughs> love I don't it know. Death. I read I mean, today
0: that uh, there's a guy, there's a rapper called Mac Miller that died a year ago, um, and someone got arrested today. I'm like, I, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't too sad I mean, when Mac Miller died. I, if <laughs> okay. this Post Malone guy would die, I, I would, I would, uh, you know. <laughs>
1: okay, point taken.
0: <laughs> there will only be one white rapper, and that is Eminem, and. Well, no, vanilla ice too. I apologize. I should have said there will only be one and vanilla ice. That would have made a good joke.
1: Is Eminem Eminem your Jimi Hendrix? Is that what it is? The one black face in the shining sea of whiteness?
0: Yes. Eminem is our Jimi Hendrix. If I was black, I wouldn't have sold half. I don't need Lincoln High School to know that. To do the math, I can't remember the lyric exactly, but even he recognized it. I'm the first. What's the lyric? I'm the. uh, I don't know the lyric. I'm the first white man since Elvis to steal black music so selflessly, selfishly, or whatever. Like, hey, he just full out admits it. Like, yeah, this is what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, but at the end of the day, he loves it, and he loves the music. Like, I mean, I have no issue with that. I really don't. I have no issue because I don't think music has any ownership. I think that you can go listen to Charlie Pride, who is a black country artist who was great, and he loved the music, and I think that because he loved it and he did it with heart and soul and authenticity, the white community embraced him, and they liked him, and he, I think he had a lovely career. Do you know what I mean? Because he wasn't faking it. He wasn't just trying to make money. It's well, what he really shit. believed. That's you
0: know? how, I mean, Lionel Richie hadn't been heard from in 20 years, puts out a country album, boom, uh, honky Americans love it. Hootie, I can't think of it. Darius Rucker. What had he done since "Hold My Hand" puts out a country album? Boom! White people love it. It if you actually say you, in, and that that's why I don't always understand the anger of so-called cultural appropriation. If showing an interest in another culture, their music, their dress. I mean, Rachel Dolezal obviously takes it too far, <laughs> and I think everybody can call her out on that. I think there should be a midground where you're like, oh, I really enjoy this art. I really enjoy this music. Wow, I'm so inspired by this music. I would like to write this music, or I would like to have something that sounds like it. Or, you know, I think there's a difference between... Yeah. And I'm sure that obviously there is a history of stealing. There is a and, big and history of stealing... The, But but I think those people get called out on these days. We have a history of... I
1: mean, mm. like, like Led Zeppelin still sells records. makes a lot of money and settles out of court every time somebody sues them and they have to sign those non-disclosures to get their millions from all the songs they stole yeah i mean like those guys rock legends and they and i'm not saying that what they did isn't brilliant i'm not saying that they're not great but what i am saying is that when the allman brothers took songs they they didn't the allman brothers loved those songs they would never think about like I don't know them personally, but from what I've read, they would never think about ripping those people off. They said, this is a so-and-so song. This is a so-and-so song. This is a song we got from so-and-so. Even if the most famous version of the song we've ever heard is their version, they still gave the people credit for well, what they did, and Led Zeppelin absolutely did not. Well, you I know, still think th- that they're great. I think they're a great band. I think that they um, changed see- the face of rock and roll. That's but where like, I was just going to go reverse
0: uh, on you. Sorry, I was going to say, you know I hate Led Zeppelin. Yes, so, you do. Right. <laughs> I cannot stand listening to them, which is interesting because I've read Hammer of the Gods and I found that a great book. I can always... I, I think Jimmy Page is very interesting. I think uh, Robert Plant is very... I just cannot... When they get in a mu- room... So, uh, knowing that I come from a place of dislike and even contempt and confusion, why the fuck are they so popular? They suck. I will now defend them because... Do you think it was done with malicious intent or do you think it was done from maybe either, wow, we're not that talented, why don't we just take this song? Or, knowing their early career, holy shit, are we drunk, let's just play this, maybe accidentally? I think it could be a combination of all. Accidental, opportunistic, I think 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 it could all.
1: But I think 30 years later they could say oh, they should fess up absolutely 15 years later 10 years later tomorrow, yes they should yesterday fess up day now. before I mean they pay people and I, from what I understand they have to sign these non-disclosure agreements and shit. it's like you know what the hell is that
0: you know what I always you know think I mean? of when when, <laughs> when this comes up when when we when you say non-disclosure agreement in music um I will not name names because uh, and I, I, you were in a position where it's like, hey, uh, all right, hey, you, you're a good bassist. Uh, we got a drummer, a bassist, a guitar player. Go in this studio, jam, 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 jam. If anything good comes out of it, uh, you have to sign this form that says that this celebrity that I am representing wrote the song, and that celebrity will get all the credit for the song. That yeah. was mind-boggling to me, I didn't, and I. I don't even remember the celebrity. It was just a very oh no, I do remember that. This, I do remember who the singer was. I mean, but it was just the, it was that interesting thing where that person was on a breakthrough album and then did nothing, did nothing. Still has done nothing and, to this day, and, and everybody and calls that person a genius. And you are like, yes. no, just that no one wants to write music for them and then give it up. They they yes. never wrote anything. I mean, I,
1: I yes, the, the the whole album that was so monumental. And going down as groundbreaking and history making and was written inspiring. by the other two members All of the that trio. Stuff was literally written by not even two members of the of the trio. Yes, but they're basically two producers. Okay. Right, because they had already the artist had already left the group and was out going out. So this was her, the the solo album, right? So.
0: The two producers oh i was basically. thinking of the trio and right. i yes they <laughs> right. that person had a huge breakthrough right. album and everybody said and oh my it. goodness that must right. have been the the but, linchpin the, the brains of the group yes. but it was someone exactly. that handed that person all the songs and, and they've been trying to recreate it ever since right. and what a genius move to never put out another album like because you get to rest <laughs> on, it's, it's like kurt cobain blowing his brains out you are a oh, legend it's, it's it's uh 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 i can't think of her name. Died of alcoholism. Um, uh, oh, God. Uh, J- Woodstock, the, the white chick, the hippie. Janice Joplin. Janice Joplin. Thank you. I was thinking Joan Baez, and I didn't want to say that because I knew it was wrong. Janice yes. Joplin. Yeah. It's, it's live fast, die young, be a legend, or put out one album, never be able to follow it up. So just don't put on anything mediocre.
1: I mean, that's honestly what has happened with that person's career like as shitty as my experience was with that whole thing. It wasn't even shitty. It wasn't a bad experience. It was just, it was, very no, it was just I'm not experience. signing this contract.
0: Yeah, it was just and it,
1: and it was more just like, well, this is just absurd. And and it didn't even matter because the album never came out. So it never saw the light of day. So anything that we did was just utter nonsense. But like the this is again, this is what I mean. It's the inability to see ourselves objectively right? It comes back to the same thing. I feel like the biggest human problem is that. It's like you can be this person who's this shining figure to people of integrity and and beauty and, like, and just right living and all this stuff and standing up for what one believes in, right? And then behind closed doors with a perfectly straight face and no sense of irony, you can do these kind of slave contracts and ridiculous things with your musicians that work for you while you're supposed to be this beacon of, of love and, and acceptance and fair treatment for all people and then literally you're stealing shit right from your musicians and doing it so bold-faced that you make them sign a contract that says anything that they've written belongs to you right and with no sense of
0: irony and it not just belongs it, to you but you will not get credit for it It will go right, on the album exactly. as credit to right, the right. the like, genius right. musician singer
1: exactly and what so much so is, that
0: we're still not mentioning names or genders or anything it, it goes to my I experience mean, with louis right. ck where i had a negative experience with louis ck in 2003 or 4 and i never talked about it for years and the only reason I bring it up now is because I'm old. I don't care. And he had that thing blow up in his face. Like, so I had a negative experience, but I think... So he jerked off in front of a bunch of women, and that's horrible. But what was even worse than that is then it became his manager would contact him and say, you fucking tell anyone about this, and I will shit can bear your career. Yeah. And that became the scary thing, and that's why I never said, yeah, I, I met Louis. He's a complete asshole. I mean... Right. He, right. Right. Because it could, and he could still fuck with my career. I'm a nobody, you know. But he could, he could still probably make a phone call. Hey, don't hire this asshole. He's talking about me on this podcast. No one listens to.
1: (laughs) His and his four listeners aren't going to come to my show.
0: Exactly. Um, But I'll argue. I've gotten, I got in a Twitter fight with this super woke white guy uh, when Louis C.K. took the stage and made a joke about. Pushing the fat kid in front of you at a high school shooting, this woke white guy was just so angry and saying, How dare Louis C.K.? You know, these blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Were you there? Does it matter? Like the people in the audience laughed. If you don't like Louis C.K., don't go see him. Why are you getting all angry? over something he said at a performance you were not at and he came back with me like fuck Louis CK I'm like yeah I'm not a fan of Louis CK but I'm also not angry because he says shit he can go do his Louis CK that people that like him will pay to see him that doesn't make me angry I don't get the anger aspect to it at all the idea that these things that don't affect you make you so angry That's
1: how I felt about the Hannah Gadsby thing I actually liked the Hannah Gatsby thing. I thought it was interesting, and I kind of dug what she did. I thought it was kind of cool. But I know a lot of people gave pushback about, I'm going to a comedy show, and that's not what I want to see. Bullshit. If you go to her show, that's what you expect to see.
0: I, so, see if you, I could see you not being angry, but I could see you asking for a refund if you just like, oh, I heard this Hannah Gatsby is like the best comedian. You walk in, you're like, this is fucking a TED Talk, is yeah. the way I've heard it described. Then yeah. maybe be like, that wasn't comedy. But Jake talked about it. And uh, Jake had a really interesting take, which I, I, uh, I, I just really enjoyed. He said that he, he made a declaration and said that I, Jake, am probably the only person, at least I know I'm the only person that I know. I've talked to people. I'm the only person that liked Hannah Gatsby* special. And Nick Dapolo's new special. I don't know if you heard about Nick Dapolo when he put out a special. He it was it's extreme right wing, uh, Trump pro chump and he promoted it that way because he knows his audience. And Jake's like, yeah, I, I got a kick out of it. Like, so there were is people it, that were.
1: Uh, is it on Netflix? Uh,
0: he put it on YouTube because as it's pro Trump, no Hollywood will touch him. He's he's persona non grata because he's saying what? the wrong things. So, I believe it is on YouTube. I haven't watched either, so I have no opinion on either. I just sit back and watch people get angry and go, I haven't watched either, so why do I care? Hannah built her audience, good for her. You know, Nick... I mean,
1: this is... But, I mean, I think this is ultimately, again, this is the problem. It's like, we we want to act like this is a country that is built on individualism and all that stuff, but it really, it's... Actually, you know what? I'm going to go sideways for just a second, because I think it's much more poignant. And it was I, a good movie. I, uh, yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I read this thing the other day, or saw something on YouTube, which means it must be true, uh, that said that um, in this country, liberal people... There's five basic traits that our brains are pre-wired for as, as babies, Right. We're kind of pre-wired for these things. Um, they're basically not blank slates, but they're pre-wiring like your computer's pre-wired to take a certain voltage. You know what I mean? All right. And, and so I forget what all these things are, but basically in a nutshell, it's like openness, compassion, fairness, blah, 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 all this stuff. Right. And these are all things that we all agree on. Some of it is like order and community and rules. and It basically comes down to what you would imagine if you broke it down into liberal and conservative, right? Uh, I was going to say,
0: I think I know where you're going. I've read right. a book about this, about the conservative and, mind and the liberal mind.
1: Right. And they're saying that, like, at the end of the day, it largely just has to do with how you were raised. You know what I mean? It has to do if you were raised with certain kinds of things and certain kind of beliefs and you're – you're, you came from a community that is high in this, then this is the way you think. And if you came from one that's high in this, this is how you think. And so forth and so on. It doesn't mean that people don't jump camps. Plenty of people jump camps, you know? But in general, this is. Isaiah the Washington
0: works out. just jumped camps.
1: There you go. Well, did he? Or, you know, or was he just a black guy who. Like, this is what some of the black conservatives are saying, oddly enough. They're saying that black people are raised really conservatively, but vote liberal all the time. But if you look at our family, like the ways in which, like, what we value, our values are largely conservative. I don't really understand exactly what that means because I don't know what conservative values are. But I do know that in most, like, most middle class, working class black families, what is important is God, family, you know... Education, <laughs> hard work, you know what I mean? Like
0: Which is another these, thing you and I have talked about. Right. and I, as a white person, have told you I will never understood the Christian religious black person. Hey, slave, uh, this is the way to save you. You're still a slave, but I'm going to shove this religion down your throat. Oh, well, here we are a couple hundred years later, and I'm super religious. I mean, Boggles then, my goddamn mind.
1: But why, but why would any woman be Christian then, you know what I mean? Like why Exactly. Any, you know, like, why, you know, I mean, you know. it it, it's like i I think we we believe what we believe and we hold on to the things that make us feel good you know
0: well and i do again let's let's keep going sideways since all we do when we talk is go tangential um you talk about the way people are raised and that gets into the whole nature and nurture aspect of life and i saw this documentary it was really fascinating where they took a wealthy stockbroker And then a homeless uh, person, and they had them trade places (laughs) to see if, given their respective backgrounds and upbringings. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I relate everything to pop culture. My brain is broken.
1: Yes. I mean... It, it it there it, there's something interesting about that in the sense that like, if you took if you took I, I heard somebody say this I've seen the same guy who said the thing about the, the five uh, basic traits we're pre-wired with he said like, you know, if you took a kid from from, you know, the upper west side, some wealthy kid and took him back to a viking community took that baby, <clears throat> gave him to viking parents, he'd grow up and he'd be a viking do you know what I mean? Uh, now, theoretically, well, genetically. Would he be, be a good sp- Viking? Because I just well, I mean, listened to a 60 Minutes. smaller Yeah, well,
0: I listened to a 60 Minutes on twins. I think it was, uh, maybe, either way, separated at birth or they didn't know they were twins. Oh, no, I take that back. I've heard the things on twins. This was a swapped babies at birth. They did a thing where the, the baby went home with the wrong family and they found out at age 30 that they had been swapped. And it made so much sense because one family was w- whatever, like, oh, everybody in the family loves music and green and uh, you know jumping jacks, except for Bob. Bob didn't like any of those things. Bob liked red <laughs> and napping yeah. and uh, cowboy music. And then when they found the sibling, it was like, oh, the sibling loves green and jumping jacks and whatever. And he would have fit right in with the family that he was supposed to be raised with. And it was, they're like, why is this one always so odd? He doesn't, you know, they, they doesn't like anything we like. So how much of it is hardwired? It's fucking
1: weird. I think you're right. I I would, uh, this is, I don't know exactly what the term epigenetics means, but I think it's basically something along those lines. I kind of know what it means, but it's one of those words that I don't really know exactly what it means. So I don't want to use it because I could be using it absolutely incorrectly. Sounds but, like
0: one of those hippie uh, liberal words, and this is Trump's America, uh, goddammit. There
1: you go, but um, but I, but I do think that there's something about the biology of your birth parents that makes a difference in what it is that you are genetically predisposed to liking, or at least being drawn to. Do you know what I mean? Like, that makes sense. I, yeah. You know, like like your tongue you likes
0: certain spices. Uh, yeah, your right, Your ears right. like certain sounds.
1: Yeah, or or like you know, like Melvin talks about like this little. He he grew up in a foster family, right? So he had to pause for here.
0: a moment. Uh, listeners won't know who Melvin is. Melvin's a musician right. that Baird has known for twenty plus oh, years, yeah, and right I've met on several occasions. Yeah. So, yeah, so now continue. Yeah, Just a quick he's a background.
1: Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant musician, and and so Singer. he grew up. I guess yeah, he's great, and so his, his grandmother, I guess, raised a lot of children right, like 12 or 13, you know, so we grew up in a house full of children, right, and I guess they had a little, uh, an Inuit baby, how they came across an Inuit baby, I have no idea, but they did, and the baby literally, in the, in the, in the wintertime, wanted to sleep outside, you know what I mean, Huh? you know, and in the summertime, it was miserable, miserable. And in the winter, it literally wanted to sleep outside because it was just like, that genetically, that's what it was predisposed to. It's how I feel like when I see people, and I know that sometimes there's like husky rescues and shit, so whatever. People rescue huskies and they house them where they house them, so whatever. But I feel like people who purposely go out and buy huskies that live in the middle of Florida, I think that's weird.
0: They're dicks, yeah. I think that's weird. Like,
1: that dog's going to suffer. You've seen them just just sitting and
0: panting. Right. It's just happy.
1: not designed for that kind of living. It's like why you would take a chihuahua to the middle of Alaska. I don't know that Alaska super cold. I'm making an assumption. You know, well, it used I to be, but not anymore. TV. Right. You know, because, because of that hoax by the Chinese. Yeah. Um, Chinese hoaxing.
0: <laughs> climate warming or global <laughs> yes, change. Exactly. Something like Very that. Exactly. I, I don't pay too much attention to world it's happenings. <laughs>
1: no. But, uh, I
0: do pay attention to my grumbling tummy, though. and Yes. Yeah, we're almost bumping up against an hour, so people probably tuned out about uh, 55 minutes ago. <laughs> a black guy and a white guy are going to speak? Boring. <laughs> Who
1: cares? But we didn't solve any of the problems because we just started talking about all kinds of other shit that I find we,
0: fascinating. Truthfully, We brought up point. a lot of problems, and that's the important right.
1: thing. Here's what I will say, then, in closing, <laughs> to solve all the race problems. Here's what I think. I, as a black person, I'm going to go on record as saying, one, I don't speak for the entire black race, I just speak for myself, but I do think that there's a lot of valid points that the conservatives are making, and I do think that in many many ways when I see black people do really well it is because they take matters into their own hands. And they will argue, they'll say things like, the, the, we appealed to the government, appealed to this, appealed to that, and they didn't do anything, so we went and started our own thing and raised our own money and did our own this and our own that, and now our community is great. And now, and I'm like, well, right, isn't that kind of what the Republicans have been saying?
0: Let me interrupt. Let me interrupt. That is beautiful for now. Do you think it took, until now... To get back to that, given the first few times you tried to do that after slavery, white people burned that shit to the ground. Look at those uppity black folk getting their community together and being, you know, you have that. So do you think that it has taken this long for the black community to get back to where they were right after slavery? there, There are there are historical references in America to black thriving communities that made honky Americans jealous who went in and fucking shredded it to keep you down. Every, do you think single, that,
1: time that every single time that people made, have made some kind of advancement in this country that is massive, some kind of massive kind of advancement, like of the right to vote or be free or do something, right? Like something that everybody else took as like a basic right, but for us literally took bloodshed and violence and stuff to get, right? Like stuff that everybody else was like, oh, this is just my thing, Right. Um, there is a white backlash in the form of laws and things like that, but largely in the form of militias, white supremacy groups, and lots of killing. That's generally the response and when you look and at and even people... even when
0: you take the killing out everybody's complaining about confederate statues and I was like it's a part of our complaining about the removal of of confederate statues it's a part of our heritage you mean the heritage that the statues went up in the 50s and 60s as black advancement happened in america you know like it, i mean that was i mean there was still violence then but they're they're very in your face so to answer the question do you think that I agree with you, this is the way forward. Do you think we are finally aware enough to allow it to happen? No. Do you think honky Americans are aware enough? No. Because? No? You think we're going to add more laws or burn things down? You think? I think there will people that will try to add laws, or there will people that try to hold it back, but I would hope that we are somewhat more aware of the bullshit that goes on. All right. Uh,
1: I don't remember how to pronounce his name. Pantaleo, I think. Daniel Pantaleo, I want to say. Uh, I
0: thought you were trying to talk about the actor from The Matrix and uh, The Sopranos.
1: No. Um, the guy who <laughs> choked out Barner. The
0: oh, cop. the cop. Yes, yes.
1: All right, so they fired him. Right? And my, I now listen, I heard this stuff secondhand, so I don't know this is true. I heard of from a friend who I don't know where he heard it from. But I heard basically the New York police force has literally decided not to do their job. And so they're not arrested down like 50%, and they're just decided that because they fired a guy for choking a guy using an illegal chokehold, that they're not going to go to work.
0: Well, so, it's, they're, they're protesting with the mayor, the firing of it, uh, the, the firing. They're pissed at de Blasio. But uh, do we, we, I don't know if we have time to go into this whole thing. Because I will say the chokehold, yeah. Should he have been fired for that? Should have happened then, probably. However, or and also, the thing that gets weird is there is a nine minute tape of, all right, we need to talk to you. Fuck you, man. Fuck you. I ain't going with you. Fuck you. And then at some point in the nine minute tape, there is a 10 or 20 second chokehold after much back and forth and this is where it gets into really questionable is it victim blaming or you know why does it lead up to that to where you have exasperation and jesus fucking christ and now he's in a chokehold i mean it's not i think everybody thinks it is all right now chokehold step number 1 they I mean, forget but, the uh, 9 but, but minutes
1: but, I don't, I, but... But, but so let's say in the nine minutes the guy said, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, I hate you, and I wish your mother fell down of whatever. I would have been your dad, but the dog beat me up the stairs,
0: right? Yeah, and, and if, I'm not if saying the, that the chokehold was right. I'm but saying if like the
1: chokehold is an illegal thing that they are not supposed to do, then that's kind of where it is that's kind of where it ends for me it's like, it's like the it's like the fucking uh, what's his name down in florida who shot the guy uh, shot oh, Trayvon zimmerman Martin. that fucker right. it's, it's should like, be in
0: jail that again well, that's well, just I shitty mean, prosecution listen,
1: like like whatever like whether or not fear for his life all that stuff listen the minute the 911 operator said don't go after him sir we got this that's the end right there yeah, he well, did not Zimmerman's listen to something fucking it's like, guilty Right. It's like, that, uh, well, listen, we're guilty, talked about not it. guilty. It's like he, he he theoretically obeyed a direct order from someone who works directly for the police department with the police department. Disobeyed. He disobeyed. Right. So it's like so at that point, everything after that is wrong, because had he just done what he was told, right, had the guy not used an illegal chokehold, just tased him. Or whatever, then we could be having an argument about, should he have tased him or not, but the guy still be alive.
0: I was just going to say, because do you remember um, 10, 15 years ago when all the outcry was tasing? Like, how dare they just go straight for the taser? Tasing is the worst thing ever. Do you, I mean, imagine if we could go back to tasing as opposed to shooting and killing holy shit, who would have ever thought 10, 15 years ago who would say, yeah, tasing, that's the way to go because otherwise shit is going to get out of control. And one last thought, I, when it comes to Zimmerman, that piece of shit, I watched because they televised it and I watched some of the prosecution and I just watching, I'm like, this guy's going to fucking lose. This is the guy that got C's in college and that's why he is a government prosecutor as opposed to owning his own law firm he was just inept. And that that's how um, uh, Darden and Clark lost the OJ thing. I mean, just, they—they. They, I, I don't mean to be insulting to them, but nobody goes to law school, or maybe precious few people go to law school, and then get out of it and say, hmm, I could have my own practice, or I could get into government law and, and work for, you know, its it's not well no, it's not known as being a great-paying, satisfying, um, easy, low-stress job. The best of the best don't end up there.
1: But again, right, we have created a system in which being wrong or being right is irrelevant. Having a better lawyer is what is most important.
0: Uh, and yep, yet, and that's ev- shitty.
1: But everybody knows that. And yet we will talk about things, people not having privilege. I'm not saying white privilege, black privilege, male, female. I'm just saying money privilege. Right. There's a certain like how can we we make we allow for this to happen. And so we all strive just to be able to become the oppressor. Like, that's what most people want to become. They want to get high enough up that they can just make somebody else feel shitty like they felt.
0: And that goes back to Clarence Thomas with uh, what uh, um Cornel West was saying, And I'd read this somewhere else, that there are two types of people, that when they get to the top, they they extend a hand or put the ladder down and say, all right, everybody up here, whereas Clarence Thomas made it and then looked at the African-American community and said, ha-ha, and pulled that ladder up behind him.
1: I mean, well, what he says is if I can make it, you can make it too. I didn't have any help. You don't need any help. And it's like, well, I don't know know that that's what he said, but
0: I've heard that argument. Didn't didn't they research and go through and say, oh, you had this, this, and this? That's I don't remember this is exactly. this is the
1: thing, and this is what this is when we talk about things being institutionalized and systemic. That's not meaning white people, black people. It just means that there's a sense of nepotism and and familiar familiarity and favoritism that goes on in certain groups that really don't seem like it's like if, it, like there's people who say things like, oh well. I got my union job and I got it fair and square and it's like no you didn't get it fair and square right like your daddy was friends with the guy at the thing and he got you all the answers to the test in advance so then you could go in and you could ace it and get the job and you say you got it fair and square and I'm not saying you're not good at your job and you're a third generation version of this right so of course you probably are good and you do a great job but let's not say you got it fair and square. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and we do that all the time. I do that. Half the good gigs I've got, and I got because I knew somebody on the gig. Plenty of people who are just as qualified as me, but I got it because I know somebody. That's and generally I've done how the it. world works. right? On the That's, very
0: rare right. occasion, I get to bring a comedian with me, I call someone right. I know. I don't go to the right. open mic and watch 10 people and then pick the one I like. Right. I know so, someone that I've known for several years, like, all right, I know he can get the job done. I am not out there searching for new I am just like going with reliable
1: right and the problem is is that is That Wrong right should you be going now in terms of your own personal comfort and stuff? You got to drive in a car with somebody you got to do all this stuff of course you want somebody you know and like and are trying to help right you want to extend a ladder to a person who's your direct friend But I suppose if your job was to make comedy better, you'd be out there scouring for people you could give an opportunity to. And I suppose that is where, like, I feel like that's where the conservatives and liberals differ, right? Because I feel like the liberals would say, in a broad sense, you should be out there looking for new young talent that you can help and promote. Not helping out your cronies because that's crony capitalism. But that is ultimately, like, I don't know which one is better. I think maybe a combination of both. You know, I I don't know, right? Like, is that wrong? Because it's wrong if a business does it, but is it wrong if you do it? I don't know. Neither do I. It's a weird, you know what I mean? It's a weird middle ground, you know? I I don't know. Maybe let's let the four listeners figure it out and write back and tell us. Yes, let's do that. (laughs) Listeners.
0: antargoodwin.com did i get that right or is it something antar do. music or no, something antar, is it
1: antargoodwin.com
0: NathanTimmel.com. you write to us you could put comments on here and say uh tell us which is correct crony capitalism or getting out there and uh fuck your friends find what's best <laughs> all right my friend yeah man it's good, to good talk talking to you. to you all right, all right. kisses
1: Mwah.